Welcome to the Practical Prospecting Podcast with myself and co-host Sujan Patel, where in under 15 minutes, we're going to teach you practical tips to book more outbound meetings. Let's get into today's show. Hey, everybody. Sujan Patel here. I got Jed Marley. We're going to jump in. Jed wants to share one thing that's going to make your emails more successful. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the biggest, uh, I receive a lot of cold emails. I'm sure anybody else does. They probably noticed this. And this is one thing that pretty much every single cold email has in common. And it's a common cold email practice. So it makes sense. But the one thing is that every single cold email that you probably see has some sort of an ask. And this is a good thing, right? Like you should be asking for something in your cold emails. You should have a call to action. But one thing I've been trying out over the last, honestly, six months to a year is not having an ask in every single one of my emails if you're doing a sequence, right? So if you're doing a sequence of five to six emails, for example, try mixing up not having an ask in every single one of them. And it'll kind of work as a pattern interrupt and I'll share some examples of why. So, I mean, Sujin, like if I was to look at your inbox, there'd probably be a ton of emails that are saying things like, you know, would you be open to learning more? Are you open to a call, et cetera? And that's probably hundreds of asks every week. It's, it's not realistic to respond to all of those asks. And so the solution to kind of using this pattern interrupt and catching people's attention is to have some sort of value drops in your sequence that don't have an ask. So we've shared this on previous episodes, but one of the biggest ways to stand out is to provide helpful resources. And so if you have a, you know, let's say you have a good marketing team, and I'm sure there's lots of resources, for example, at Mailshake. A lot of the problems we solve are related to cold email, deliverability. And so we have lots of cold email guides, deliverability guides that we can share. Those are great. And I like to drop those in my email sequences. But a kind of way to take that further, and I'm curious your thoughts on this, is to share resources that aren't necessarily from your company. So again, for example, we know that a big problem we solve is deliverability. But if I'm only sharing resources from my company, from Mailshake, they're like, okay, dude, you're, you're just sending me more of your own company stuff. Like we get it. But if I share them, let's say an article from HubSpot, there's a, an article I found called 395 spam words to remove from your emails. A lot of people know and trust HubSpot. And if I share them a deliverability article from HubSpot that they find useful, they'll have more trust in me because I shared a third party resource and it's genuinely useful. And you're also leveraging the fact that in my example, everybody knows and trusts HubSpot. We're using that to get them to trust us more. But Sujan, I'm curious your thoughts on, on that piece, leveraging a third party resource to kind of build trust with your prospect and be helpful. Absolutely. So I, I got three things I want to share here. One is you, w- w- by leveraging third parties, you're borrowing authority, right? If you're going to leverage authority, one, make sure it's not a competitor, right? Sim- super simple. Make sure they're a big brand name, right? So by reference, HubSpot, Salesforce, any large sales tech company, and I'm, we're in the sales tech space, we kind of look bigger. Right. And you can even go a step further by doing some kind of co-marketing or even creating that content, like having your marketing team create that content at that company. So I always find that there's not like the perfect example. There's not the perfect resource at HubSpot. Well, I can write for HubSpot and create that resource for them and then link to them by referencing your own content at third party sites, you know, guest blogging effectively. Number two, there's a good book by Gary Vee called Jab, Jab, Right Hook, I believe. Effectively, the jabs are value resource content. No ask, just value, value, value. Boom, call to action. I want 30 minutes. 
You know, if you asked for 30 minutes today and you gave me no value, I don't want to give you 30 minutes, even if I had it. If you gave me a couple of resources, I'm like, oh, well, this is awesome. Like game changer or like even something, even on like the being helpful, even if it's uh, something I can forward to my team, that's helpful enough, right? So I always think about content that I can, in an email that can be forwardable. Like, hey, set, and you can even reference like, hey, like send this to your, this is, these are three content pieces that you should send to your VP of sales. Boom. Now you, but the cool thing about this is you got two people's attention now. I like that. Yeah. Like kind of using it as a golden rule. Like if I'm going to send this resource, is it forwardable? And it kind of leverages like you're multi-threading, you're getting your name out in the organization. And one thing you said that I really liked, Sujin, was that that jab, jab, hook sort of thing. It requires patience, right? Like you have to understand that you're not going to book every meeting on the first email. But if you kind of set up your sequence, right, so where you're providing a lot of value and then they've clicked on some of those resources, you've got that third or that, you know, third party authority or whatever it was that you called it. When you do reach out, they'll see you as more of an expert, they'll trust you more, and they're more likely to actually take your meeting. So what we've been doing is probably half of our emails don't necessarily have a direct ask for providing value and resources so that when we do have our asks, they're you know bigger hitting and we have a higher chance of getting that meeting. But I think one thing that you know I've struggled with a lot is how to actually find resources that are useful. And so some of the easiest ways to do this, it's easy for me because I'm a sales leader and I sell to sales leaders. So I know where I go to find content. But let's say you sell to HR leaders, go internally to your company, find your HR leader and say, hey, you know, what are the blogs you trust? What are the newsletters you, you know, you read, the podcasts you listen to, things of that nature. Try to figure out where they're spending their time and where they're consuming content. Or even go like reach out on LinkedIn to other HR leaders, ask them these questions. Some people will respond. But the point is interview your ICP, figure out what sort of resources they like, and that'll help you identify what your prospects are actually going to respond to. Absolutely. And I want to add one more thing to this, like be helpful resources, no call to action, which is what you're effectively doing is building trust because everyone forgets that like, okay, let's say the customer, the person on the other end is like, yes, I will take a 30 minute call. And you still want to be coming across as the expert in XYZ topic, right? And so I think this is why, like, you know, I really believe in like, and we probably talked about this or we'll talk about this in future podcasts around having your sales reps build a personal brand. It's all about the trust factor because sure, you get the call, but on the call, do they believe what you have to say? You come across as the authority and, and you don't get there by luck. Yeah. I agree. And yeah, I'm sure we'll, we'll have more episodes on that. I think there's been a couple that we can probably link to in the show notes where we talked about the importance of building your personal brand and how much that helps you, especially if the people you sell to are, you know, online on LinkedIn, things of that nature. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't have anything else to add on this topic. Sujin, anything else from you? No, that's it. If you enjoy this podcast, do us a favor, give us a review. And if you want to listen to, or if you have a specific topic you want to hear about from Jed or I, hit me up at Sujin at Mailshake.com. Awesome. Thanks for listening to the Practical Prospecting Podcast. Remember to check out all the resources in the show notes. Feel free to leave us a review. And if you have any suggestions for future episodes, please don't hesitate to reach out. We'll catch you guys in the next one.